Thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Bossier City Sermon Podcast. For more information, including our live webcast schedules, please visit www.pobc.cc. He's here. Hallelujah. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. With your presence comes your provision. With your presence comes your blessing. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are treasures forevermore. We reach for you right now, Holy Father. We reach for you right now, Holy Father. We reach for you now, Holy Father. Hallelujah, we reach for you now. You know, the Lord has been doing a great work among us. In some ways, almost behind the scenes. The writer said he works in the darkness. That means in places you cannot see. And in the last month or so, I've watched God working with people behind the scenes, and I praise God for it. Just some magnificent things that the Lord is doing. Would you thank God for what he's doing in our midst? We just thank you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you and we praise you for what you're doing. Some lives are being greatly impacted. Some lives are being changed. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. And everybody said amen. You may return to your seats. God bless you. I want to echo what Brother Ryan said about Brother Levi and Sister Megan. There is a downside to this when people who are involved in district work find out you're willing and able, they will take you as far as you'll go. So Brother Levi has been a blessing here and other places. And if you were not privileged, thank you. The Lord will bless you for that. It's in my notes tonight. If you were not privileged to be a part of this morning service, I would just strongly encourage you to go to, if you do this sort of thing, if you do Facebook, go and listen to Brother Ryan's sermon this morning. Wasn't that magnificent? Wasn't that challenging and encouraging? Wow, that was so good. And I'll be blessed by that for days. I'm going to speak to you tonight on the subject of protecting the harvest. There's a harvest coming in the last day. It's prophesied in the scripture. This may be as much of a Bible study as it is a harvest. I mean, a, pardon me, as a sermon. I don't know. I don't know how to tell the difference sometimes. I want you to go with me to the book of Matthew. We're going to look at a parable. We call it the parable of the tares and the wheat. 
And it begins in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 13. This is a parable where Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. There are seven parables in this chapter. We're going to look at one of them. Beginning with verse 24, he said, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. Somebody say the enemy did this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. In verse 36, Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares and the wheat of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. I'm the sower. I'm sowing the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I want to give you one more verse, Jeremiah 3 and 15. He said, I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I, you've heard me say this many times, and I share this often in places where I go, that God is not a respecter of persons. What does God respect? Principles. God is a respecter of principles. Isaiah 1 and 19, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And the Bible is full of principles. They asked the question, why do you teach in parables? And his answer was, because some of the things that I'm teaching are hid. They're hid from the people of the world, the unbelievers. You will notice in my text tonight that when he sent the multitudes away and went into the house, his disciples came to him and said, 
explain the parable of the tares to us. We want to know what that means. And so it is that Jesus taught this, that the things of the kingdom are hid to people except those who are willing to search for them and seek them out. And this is an interesting parable. And sometimes when I read it, it challenges me. It challenges me to, to understand what is Jesus teaching here. This is all about the harvest because there will be a harvest in the last day. This is at the end of the parable. There will be a harvest. God is sowing good seed. The field is the world. There were two who planted seed, and they planted the seed in the same field, right? Amen. They planted seed in the same field. Some of the seed was planted by the Son of Man. Jesus explained that, referring to himself. The other seed was sowed by the enemy, and it was sown in the nighttime. It was sown while men were sleeping. Two kinds of seed, two sowers, the seeds that were separate was first the word of God. Jesus never sows bad seed. Amen. Thank God for the word of the Lord. Yes. Thank God for the seed. This is the seed right here. Amen. And the devil sowed tares, the good seed and the tares, the, boys, the poisonous seed. I understand tares were poisonous. And you, you, it begs to ask you the question before you understand the parable, who would do such a thing? Who would go into a field that's just been planted with wheat and sow bad seed, sow tares in with the wheat? And Jesus explained it very simply. It's the devil. Because the devil wants to damage the harvest. He wants to take away from the harvest that's coming to the end of the world. Somebody say amen. amen. Notice when the tares show up. They show up at harvest time. This is when there is this revelation of what's wheat and what's tares. And so God allowed them to stay there, but it helped. It happened while men were sleeping. They weren't on guard. And I thought of this and I reasoned with myself. Sleep is not unnatural. It's very natural. It's more natural for some than it is others. Can I get an amen? It's not bad to sleep. We all have to have sleep. The record for a man going without sleep that we know of was 264 hours. 11 days a man did not sleep. We don't know exactly how long a human can survive without sleep, but we do know that it doesn't take long 
for the effects of, of sleep deprivation to start to show. And they say after three or four nights without sleep, a person will start to hallucinate. I wondered what was wrong with some people I was visiting with. They hadn't been asleep. So sleep is natural. Everybody sleeps. How many of you plan to sleep tonight? Who's not sleeping? Somebody got the night shift tonight? You got the night shift, you probably were sleeping today because we have to have sleep. It's interesting to note that the damage was done while men were sleeping, which is the natural thing to do. This tells me that the devil has intention to plant tares in the wheat here. Some, we've got to be on guard, right? We don't need to be asleep. And we're not talking about sleeping in the natural now. We're talking about sleeping in the spirit. We got to be awake because really this is all about a harvest. And the church is about a harvest. Every service ultimately is about edification and a harvest. We don't have throwaway services. There's always somebody here that needs God, that needs a touch. Amen? We got to reach for them. That's why the church is here. Sometimes you think, boy, it would have been neat if once I was born again of water and spirit, God would have zapped me in the head and took me on to glory. But if God would have done that, none of us would be here because there would have been nobody to tell us. Amen. Amen. There are consequences to falling asleep spiritually, whether it be in the church or whether it be in your home or wherever you may be. I got to be awake. Paul said, be sober, be vigilant for the devil, your enemy, goeth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So wake up, everybody, wake up. It's not a day to get carnal. It's not a day for compromise because in the nighttime while men slip, the enemy's coming in trying to sow tares in the wheat, something that will injure us. Bad seed is sown. That's one of the consequences of men falling asleep and there will be a lack of productivity in the harvest field. You see, once the tares sprang up, their roots were intertwined with the good wheat. Now, obviously the men, the servants recognized we have tares in the wheat and they, they ran in to the, uh, to the master of the vineyard who owned the field and they said, didn't you plant good seed in the field? And he said, yes. He said, an enemy hath done this. There's tares in the wheat. Oh my God, have you ever heard of that in the church? Look at your neighbor and say, did the devil plant you here? Kenny's raising his hand. Is that an acknowledgement or is that a... <laughs> hey, and you know what I found out? We always have a lot of fruit inspectors hanging around. 
There's always somebody to put the tear label on you. We justify that and say, well, the Bible said there would be tears in the wheat. And it did. But you fruit inspectors out there, I know we don't have any here tonight. They only come on Sunday morning. <laughs> I have a word from the Lord for you. Leave them alone. There's probably not anybody here tonight who's been hanging around church long enough that you know of someone who was damaged because somebody was dealing with tears. <laughs> somebody was trying to take a tear out and pull it out of the soil and innocent people were injured. We all know of someone who failed. Praise God. And Jesus makes this point very clear. The enemy will come and plant bad seed. And he's doing it because he wants to disrupt our harvest. It's real simple math. The tares in the church get the same amount of rainfall as the good seed. The tares hanging around get the same kind of fertilizer. Am I making sense to you right now? They get to reap all the good things that's happening in the house of God. Just like the good seed. In fact, there's really, they, they even, a tear, I'm told, looked just like wheat. And the only way you knew the difference is harvest time. And harvest time revealed they had no fruit. Somebody shout amen. amen. There is a time, there is a time when some things should not be tolerated in a church. And Paul outlines this clearly in his New Testament teaching. There were people who he said, turn them over to the devil. Don't go eat with them. Don't have any fellowship with them. We by and large ignore that. I got one yep and something came from over here in this direction. I don't know if that was an old me or a hallelujah or an old, old what. I don't know. Paul said, mark those who cause division among you and avoid them. I don't know if anybody causing division right now because right now the Lord's moving here and the Holy Ghost is moving and if you're trying to call division, I, this may be a little pastoral tonight, you're in a dangerous place. So if you ask 10 people to go out and eat with you and they have saw I've got other plans, take a note and look at your life and see if you're causing division. That's maybe following a biblical command and they don't want to go eat with you because you're causing division. That's just threw that in. That's not happening here. <laughs> Paul said something about this man named Alexander the coppersmith. He said he did be much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. And John in his third epistle wrote about a man by the name of Diotrephes we're talking about tares in the wheat. He wrote about a name, man by the name of Diotrephes and he said he loves to have the preeminence among them. He doesn't receive us. And remember, there was a mixed multitude that went out with Egypt. They weren't crying out to God to be delivered from slavery. They just hopped on the last train out. When they saw the Jews were being delivered and freed from slavery, they just got in the parade, brother. And guess what? They ate the same manna. They drank the same water. Saw the same miracles. And then they got to murmuring. 
And the mixed multitudes murmuring was like a bad apple in a box of apples. And they got off onto some of God's good people. And then you got a whole gang of people murmuring. And now God's mad and going to punish the whole bunch. Mark those who cause division and avoid them. I'm really not to where I want to get tonight because I'm going to preach about a harvest. I'm going to preach about a harvest and what it brings. And I want to talk to you about staying awake, being alert, being on guard, being full of the Spirit, never letting our guard down. That's not just for the church. That's for every mother and father in the house tonight. I got to stay awake. I can't just let anything come into my house. I got to try every spirit. I don't know if this is of God or not of God. I don't know. If you name the name of Christ, the Bible said, depart from iniquity. But we got a whole world of people who are naming the name of Christ and they haven't departed from iniquity. Praise God. Don't be fascinated with somebody on the internet, on social media that was once with us and now they've left us and they're trashing us and blasting us and cursing and swearing and talking about all they're doing and doing it in the name of Christ. If they name the name of Christ, they ought to depart from iniquity. But God's word to us was avoid them. What are you gonna do with all the tares? We're gonna leave them alone. Harvest time's coming. And we don't want the harvest interrupted. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna give you seven things that I learned in this parable as I studied it out this week. Number one, the field is the world and it's the master's field. It's not my field, it's his field. It's God's field. Just as we know the church is not our church. This is not Pastor Dean's church. This is his church. When somebody asks you where you attend church, I'd appreciate you saying, I go to the Pentecostals of Bossier City. This is not my church. Number one, I don't want it. Do you want it? Boy, I don't want the responsibility for that. I like that song just said, we need his presence. We need God to go with us. It's his field. It's his field. He decides, not me, who stays and who leaves. Whoa, this is kind of a Bible study. It ain't going over so hot right now. I'll tell you what else I learned in this parable. You can look the part, act the part, and live the part, and still be a tear. There's only one way to distinguish the tares from the wheat, and that was harvest time. When harvest time came, there were some people that had some fruit They were involved. They were productive. They had the fruit of the Spirit. They were helping other people. They were ministering in the house of God. They were ministering to other people. Would somebody help me preach right now? Amen. I want some fruit in my life. I want some fruit in my life. I want some fruit in my life. The second thing, uh, the third thing I noticed is this. There is going to be a harvest and everybody ought to shout about that. There will be a harvest. Jesus said at the end of the world, there's gonna be a harvest. Amen, amen. 
Solomon had a beautiful temple, but he said the glory of the latter temple is gonna far outshine that of the first temple. This is the temple God's gonna raise up at the last day. He said, I'm gonna pour my spirit out upon all flesh in the last day. They're coming out of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. Somebody shout amen. Don't ever envy somebody else's harvest. Find out what they're planning. See what they're sowing. If you're tired of your output, remember, you're the one that controls the input. So if you want to harvest, you got to sow some seed. Now, there'll be some tares hanging around that just reap the blessing because they're hanging around but they're gonna be shown up someday. And I will tell you this, you cannot get apostolic enough to change God's laws. You don't get apostolic enough to change God's laws. Do I need to say that one more time? In my gift basket up here in Kansas, they gave me a Chick-fil-A card. It's a gift card. How be it, I don't know how much it's worth. So if I've got, if I don't have any money, I'm not going to Chick-fil-A and ordering $20 worth of food. Because this may not be worth but $10, I don't know. However, it may be worth $100. It may be worth $50. You want it, Brother Bell? Give this son, this is the way I plant seed. Somebody out here saying, well, don't give it to somebody that don't need it. Well, see, we have a misunderstanding about plant seed in the kingdom. If you want to reap prosperity and blessings, you sow up. If you want to reap health, you sow down. You didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? Read Isaiah 58, the fasting chapter. He said, when you fast, you're supposed to go give your food to the hungry. That never even crosses our mind, does it? Well, I'm going to get blessed for fasting. Well, maybe you're going to deny your flesh. But he said, is this not God's chosen fast? To deal your bread to the hungry? (laughs) I knew that was coming. You sow up for prosperity. God said, "You you, you can give this little child a cup of water and you shall in no wise lose your reward. You can't be apostolic enough to change the law. God made these laws. When Elijah Elijah went to the widow's house, last place in the world he should have gone and asked her for the last little loaf of bread she had, right? Well, man, this this is a God man. This is a prophet of God. I mean, God's been feeding this man at a a brook. In fact, God gave him a meal that took him 40 days. He didn't even eat again for 40 days. And God sent him out in the brook and the ravens were coming with meat and cheese every day and he's drinking water out of the brook and he's going over here to a poor widow's house. I'm gonna run it by you again. I think you're gonna take it this time, aren't you? You know what happened? You know what happened? God blessed that woman, forgiving. She sewed up. She sewed up to a man that didn't have to have it. She sewed up. 
And because she sold up, God blessed her. And as long as that, that famine was going, some of y'all to look at me like I ate a hamburger today. I've mustard all over my face. It's in your Bible just like it is mine. Isaiah 58 is in your Bible just like it's in mine. So you know what? A man walked up to me at, at, after the camp meeting service Thursday night and he pulled out of his pocket a $100 bill. Regular Ben Franklin. And he put it in my hand and he said, may God bless this to $100,000. I did what Sherry did. I received it. <laughs> he gave it. My dad told me when I started in the ministry, and I tell every young preacher this. Daddy said, son, if somebody wants to give you something, receive it. You can do what you want to afterwards. But he said, a widow lady tried to give me one money one time when we were dead broke and hardly had any food to eat. And because she was a widow living on a fixed income, Social Security, I refused to take it. And he said, to this day, the look she looked at me with haunts me. He said, I cheated my family and I cheated that lady out of her blessing of God. Do we believe this or not? I'm telling you, there will be a harvest. I took that $100 bill back to my room. I laid it on the, on the counter. I stared at it a minute and I said, God, if this is gonna turn into $100,000, I need to know where to sow this. Amen? I need to know where to sow it. I'm not sowing it in my bank account. I said, God, show me. And immediately, immediately, God gave me a name of someone that needs that $100 a whole lot worse than I do right now. And so I'm sowing that seed into their life. And you're asking, who is it? You don't tell who it is when you give to the poor. Jesus said, when you give your alms to the poor, don't let your right hand know what your left hand does. We got it all backwards. We got it all backwards. We want to give to the poor and tell everybody what we did. But we don't want anybody to know what we're giving to the house of God. Jesus sat there and watched them give money and, and, and made announcements. Wouldn't that be cool? If everybody lined up, I said, Brother Bell gave $100 today. And here comes a poor widow and she gave, I'm not calling you a widow, all right? She gave two mice and Jesus said, I, you know, I, I'm telling you, you can't get apostolic enough to change God's laws. And just because we don't understand it, I found somebody, I'm gonna sow that $100, I'm not bragging about it, I won't miss that $100 and you know it. There's no reason to boast about that. I ought to be giving more. In fact, I just felt the Holy Ghost said add something to it, so I will. I will, but we need these principles. I'm gonna tell you again, God is gonna give us a harvest. And I wanna to preach to some of you people that if you've followed God's principle, I want you to hear pastor tonight. I'm gonna to prophesy that wealth is coming and blessing is coming and prosperity is coming to the people of God who follow God's principle. You, you better hear me tonight. I don't have a problem going to God and saying, God, I'm a tither. I believe in first fruits. I'm ready for your blessing. The wealth of the wicked is laid up, is laid up for us today. That's in your Bible. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. I don't want it to hoard. I'm not interested in hoarding. I'm interested in getting the gospel to the world. 
and the more God blesses, the more I'm gonna put it back in. There's gonna be a harvest. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord right now. Is that okay? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give this gift card to somebody right now. I'm just so proud of this guy. He comes to church more than most of you. I'm teaching you a lesson. Receive it, my brother. Thank you. If that's only $5, I didn't have a clue, all right? If it's $100, let's go have lunch next week. Here's the next thing I learned from this parable. The world is gonna come to an end. He said at the end of the world, this world is gonna melt with a fervent heat. It's gonna burn up. This world is gonna burn up. That's why we don't need to be interested in putting our treasures down here. We wanna put our treasures up there where moth. This is bigger than money. I hope you see what I'm preaching to you right now. It's bigger than money. I want God to bless our people. I want God to bless all of you and you ought to be shouting amen. I want you to know this world is coming to an end. Jesus said in his parable, at the end of the world, that means you're gonna have to tolerate some tares in the wheat until the end of the world. God's more interested in protecting the harvest than he is in getting rid of the tares. That was a powerful statement, but it went right through you. This is something else I learned. There's gonna be a furnace of fire where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. There's gonna be an end of the world. God is a righteous judge and the judge of all the earth will do right. There is a place called hell and we don't hear about it much anymore, but Jesus talked about everlasting fire. He talked about eternal fire. He talked about wailing and gnashing of teeth. I don't even know what all that entails except I know I don't wanna go there. I don't wanna go to the fire. I don't wanna go to that place. I think you ought to be shouting amen with me. There is an end of the world and there is a place that's called a furnace of fire. There's a bottomless pit and the devil's gonna be cast into it. And, and you know what? When I read about that in the Bible, there's nothing too hard for me to obey in the eternal settled in heaven. Scriptures, I'm not worried about it. There's coming an end of this world. And when the end of this world comes, I wanna hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And here's what I caught out of this verse that amazes me. That's the long suffering of God. It's what God is willing to allow to look like a child of God, to act like a child of God, to be a part of a church, no doubt. It's the long suffering of God because he's more interested in a harvest than making, every, making sure everybody meets my specifications. We've had this sign out here that said everybody's welcome. I hope we mean it. I pray to God we mean it. I pray to God we're challenged on that. Somebody shout amen right now. I pray to God and I believe we do mean it because we want a harvest, right? How many want a harvest? How many know a harvest is coming? 
We are already seeing a harvest. We've seen God work behind the scenes, I'm telling you that. People are coming in, there's a harvest, there's a harvest, there's a harvest, there's a harvest, there's a harvest. Seed has been put in the ground, amen. And as sure as it's thundering outside right now, we're gonna have a harvest. Do you believe it? If you do, clap your hands and receive what I'm preaching to you tonight. What I also found out in this scripture, that at the end of the world and after harvest time, there are gonna be some people who shine like the sun. I won't be one of them. Amen. The Old Testament patriarchs were compared to stars, but there's not a star as bright. Jesus said they desired to look into this. The angels did. There's not an angel as bright as one child of God that's going to come through the through the fire, that's gonna stay true to God, and someday he's gonna shine, somebody say shine, like the sun, hallelujah. In all of its brilliance, in all of its brightness, there's gonna be some people of God who are gonna come out of that. Let me tell you what John said. When he saw, when he saw the, the lamb's wife, the bride coming out of heaven, he said she was beautiful. Trust him, just believe him. She's gonna be beautiful. Let me tell you about that bride. She's gonna be without a spot. She's gonna be without a blemish. She's gonna be without a wrinkle. Never would have got there without the blood of Jesus and the long suffering of Jesus. That's why when you feel like you're being disciplined, just hang on for the ride because God's building him a bride to take out of this world, to take out of this world. And when that bride comes out, she's gonna shine like the sun. We don't preach enough about hell. It's my fault, maybe. We don't preach enough about heaven. Does anybody still believe in heaven? Do you believe? You know what? I'm not all that interested in streets of gold. I'd be happy with a gravel road. In fact, I like gravel roads. I like to see where they go. I'm not interested in a gate of pearl, but I tell you what, I want to find that place where there are no tears, where there's no pain, where there's no crying, where there's no sighing, nobody's hurt anymore when they beat their weapons into plowshares and nobody talks about war. There's no Iran, there's no North Korea. There's gonna be a thousand years of peace on this earth. Is anybody interested in that? And I wanna be one of them that's shining, hallelujah. I wanna be one of them that's shining on that day like the sun. Clap your hands, somebody, to the Lord. Come on, let's give him praise. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't need fruit inspectors. Turn that over to the church leadership and let's just see what we can do to make sure we come out of this thing righteous and we have a great harvest. Woo. You offended by anything I said tonight? Well, I had a few say no. If you're offended by anything I said, raise your hand. I'm just kidding. I know you're gonna do it. Don't be offended by anything I've said tonight. Study the word of God. Amen. Look around you and you see if you see if you spot any tears in the wheat. 
Don't let your lies linger too long on anybody. <laughs> Just be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to look if you got an empty space beside you. You young people don't have any empty spaces beside you, but if you have an empty space beside you, I want you to look at that empty space and I want you to prophesy over it. I want you to say something.